Welcome to the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. Each week, we bring you discussions with educators on how they use blended, self-paced, and mastery-based learning to better serve their students. We believe teachers learn best from each other, so this is our way of lifting up the voices of leaders and innovators in our community. This is the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 106 of the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. My name is Tony Rose Deannon, she, her pronouns, a community engagement manager here at MCP, and I am joined by a rock star kindergarten teacher whom I've had the pleasure of observing in real life, Olivia Hotchkin. Welcome, Olivia. Hello. Thank you. It's so exciting to be in this space with you, and thank you so much for saying yes to the podcast in your really, really busy life. Um, and so before we get started, how are you feeling today? I'm doing well. I'm great. Good. I mean, amongst like amidst all of the things that you're doing, I'm glad to hear that you're doing really well. Um, so, okay, let's go ahead and get started. Tell us more about who you are and how you started your MCP journey. Okay. So I have been teaching. This is going into my 14th year. I've been kindergarten for 13 years. I actually switched grades this year. I'm a first grade teacher this year for the first time. So I'm super excited about that new role. Um, and I love coaching. I have three kids. I have a husband and we love the outdoors and everything that that entails. Um, so the modern classroom. So we had PD in the summer, a couple summers ago. I think it was two during COVID. So I think it was two summers ago and it was one of those just online do this and get the credit. And I was like, okay, sat down at my computer and this modern classroom video pops up and you know, I see some technology and I'm like, oh, that, you know, that's intriguing to me. I love technology. And then I see all this self-pacing and I go through the module and it was the free version. So it was very short. You had to do a little activity and then it was done. And then, you know, summer went on because I think I did that in like July. And we come back to school in August and, you know, we hear more about this modern classroom stuff. And I'm like, oh, that looks cool. You know, um, our superintendent is very good at um, giving us opportunities for learning and um, putting these new ideas in front of us and whether whether or not we want to use them or not is kind of up to us most of the time. Um, and so, you know, Modern Classroom didn't go away. It kept, we kept hearing about it and kept hearing about it. And then we got an email um, asking if we were interested in more information. And I'm like, sure, I love learning. So I'm like, absolutely. Yeah, I think I say yes to everything. That's probably why I'm so busy. <laughs> so then um, I got another email about following up and wanting to do some extra training. And I'm like, oh, sure, I'll do it. Yeah, why not? I don't have anything else to do. I have three kids and a husband and, you know, why not? So I agree to all the things, right? Not really knowing what I'm getting myself into. And so then I get this, you know, great, you're enrolled. You have a course that's, you know, how many hours? And I don't remember how many hours it was. And and I start looking. To, I'm like, okay, what did I get myself into? So I sit down and I'm like, oh, man. Like I teach kindergarten, like, okay, trying to wrap my head around this and I'm very competitive and I do feel like I'm driven and I do love learning. So I'm like, okay, let's be real. This is kindergarten. Can this work? So I debated it and I'm looking at the deadlines and some of the deadlines were right on Christmas and I'm like, oh, do I really want to do all this work right around Christmas? And so I had a conversation with my husband and I was like, honey, I don't think I can follow through with this. I was very stressed out. I am very type A and like my anxiety was through the roof because I'm a people pleaser too. I didn't want to disappoint my superintendent. I didn't want, I just, I wanted to learn and do it, but I really felt like it wasn't meant for kindergarten. So, and that was my honest feeling at first. I was like, oh gosh, there's no way these kids cannot, you know. And so he's like, well, why don't you just call your superintendent? So I called Becky up and I was like, listen, I don't know. And she was like, Olivia, she's like, the ball's in your court. She's like, if you don't want to go through with it, she's like, but I already paid for it. And I was like, oh gosh, (laughs) you know, I felt like it was my dad scolding me. And I was like, all right, well, there's my answer. I'm doing it because she already paid for it and I'm going to do the right thing and follow through. So I did the best I could. I felt like half the time I had no idea what I was doing. And that was hard too, because my mentor was actually a sixth grade technology teacher. And so um, I think, you know, and and she was great, but she had never been in a kindergarten classroom either. So it was very hard. You know, I was kind of felt like, okay, you know, I just really had to think outside the box and make it developmentally appropriate. And I ended up finishing the course and I got through it and, and then I put, and then I shelved it for like a month. And then like in February, I don't know if it was Becky or my um, 
principal, but they were like, we want to come in and see it work in your classroom. And I was like, oh gosh, (laughs) now I actually have to implement it. And I did it and, you know, my kids loved it and it was baby steps and we'll talk about all the ways and tricks, but um, that's basically my journey of how I got started with the modern classroom. It's kind of just me saying yes and kind of getting myself into trouble. Like, okay, you need to start saying no more. (laughs) Um, It's kind of like a blessing in disguise, right? I do want to name the fact that all of those feelings that you had, Olivia, a lot of our implementers have that feeling, right? Especially when it comes to like our young learners. Right. And so you just being able to name that, I hope that our listeners can breathe a little easier because it's not just them. It actually happens to everyone who tries to implement something so new. And then to think about young learners, five-year-olds who, you know, they're still working on letter recognition. So to be able to use a laptop and logging in and passwords and all of that, that's very daunting. And um, and I just appreciate you saying like, you know what? Honestly, I was just like, how is this going to work? I don't know how it's going to work. And you are just really... Re- just real and genuine with your responses. So I really, really appreciate that. And I know that our listeners appreciate that as well. Um, And so I it just kind of, I chuckled um, when you were talking about just people pleasing. I I feel like teachers are people pleasers, right? Yes. (laughs) And type A and all of that good stuff. And so just the whole saying yes and not wanting to disappoint people and all of that. But I'm hoping that like that's something that um, we're getting better at because I know I definitely am still working on it. Um, just to kind of keep some time to myself as well. I mean, and you have three kids, I have no kids. So, (laughs) um, and so, and, and I also want to name too, that you had a mentor who did who didn't teach kindergarten. So that was a little bit trickier for both of you, because like you said, your mentor was super useful at the same time, there was just not that connect, that connection, right? Like they taught sixth grade, you taught kindergarten. So developmentally, it's a huge difference. Cause I, I know for a fact, like I, you know, I taught sixth grade and I tried to teach kindergarten. There's no way. Right. It's a (laughs) kindergarten is it's yes, it's its own grade for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, people always say like, oh, middle school teachers, y'all are just amazing. Like we don't know how you do it. But for me, it's honestly kindergarten teachers because that is so difficult um, for me anyway. And you've been doing it for 12 years. Yes. And so when you, I mean, you, you've been a teacher for 12 years and all of a sudden here's a new way of teaching and learning. Like, and I love the fact that you said you're a lifetime learner, right? Um, and that's really important too, for us to be able to be receptive and to embrace different things. Did you think that, like, what was your initial reaction with this new teaching and learning? I know that you said like, oh my gosh, I don't know how my kindergartners will do, but how do you think that you were going to do as well implementing something like this? Well, you know, I'm kind of roll with the bunches and I'm willing to try anything. And, you know, I think that it helps when you have a supportive, you know, administrative team that knows that, you know what, you might walk in my room and it is a complete, like, like learning and they're learning, but it looks like a mess. Like, you know, it's, and, and that really allows me to get my feet wet with whatever I want. Um, because I'm not afraid of them coming in and being like, well, you said your lesson plan said that you were doing this, this, and this at this time. And why aren't you doing that? You know, they're not like that. They want us, you know, and that's how I'm going to grow as a lifetime learner too, is by taking chances and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't. And every group of kids I have, what works the one year does not work the next year. And I think all teachers feel that. And you really have to feel out your group and, um, you know, the kids, make it fun. And, you know, I am not about to put my kids on the computer for any length of time. And as you see my process, that doesn't happen with the modern classroom, the way I run it in my classroom, you know, it's going to look totally different in a different grade. And honestly, I haven't been in anyone else's classroom to see how it works in their classroom. So all I know is my classroom, but my kids love it. And, but I try to make it fun and engaging and, you know, hands-on all at the same time. Yeah. And it seems like admin and I know your admin, they're pretty bomb. Um, and I know that, you know, you're talking about supportive admin. That's really important because it, they do provide that room for mistakes and failure. Right. And it's not like a reprimanding of like, oh, you didn't do it right the first time. Therefore, we're not going to do this. And I also really want to name the fact that your admin paid or your district paid for this training. And then they were and then there was like a follow up 
right? Like, oh, let's see how it's being implemented. And that's, I don't, I didn't see that as a gotcha moment, but it was more so of like, hey, you did this training. Let's see how that made you better, how it improved or enhanced your teaching, right? Yeah. And I honestly, I think it was one of those who wants us to come in and see their monocle? I'm like, sure. And I'm like, oh, wait, I actually means I have to actually implement it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm always like, sure, come on in. Sure. Oh, oh, wait, that, you know, it's kind of like Olivia, stop saying yes, you know. So, but it also forced, you know, it's kind of like in the back of my mind, if I say yes, then I have to do it because I already said yes, mm. you know. And so it's like, okay, kids, we have, we have four weeks to get this nailed down because they're coming. <laughs> Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's incredible that you were able, that you, that, it, that, that works for you, right? The pressure works for you. Like, yeah, I'm going to say yes. I work under my, yeah, I 110% work under pressure. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Cause I know for me, I would have just been like, Oh <laughs> yeah. About and that. I don't know if that's the competitive, you know, athlete in me, you know, I would much rather play the team that hasn't lost any games as opposed to play the team that sucks and we know we're going to win. You know, like I do well under pressure and I want that. Like, I like that, that I guess it's like a thrill. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, I can see how that is very thrilling for, for you and for, for others. Right. Um, I think for me, I do a lot of avoidance. So, (laughs) um, still learning how to unpack that. Um, okay. So tell us more about your school. So like the demographics, tech classes, how many students did you have? What were some of the abilities that your students came in with? Um, anything that you really want to talk about? Okay. So we are a very small school right outside of Jackson County in Michigan. Um, there are two teachers per grade level. Um, I had 20, let me think, how many kids did I have last year? <laughs> I had 24 kids in my classroom last year. We are a Title I school, and yeah, that's about it. Um, yeah, just, you know, obviously we have all the different, you know, especially with COVID, you know, as far as, you know, socially, emotionally, the gaps and the learning level, the gaps just – Last year, more than ever, I saw, you know, we had kids who did not go to preschool because of COVID and, you know, just, and then we had kids who actually didn't want their first kindergarten year experience to be during COVID. So they were coming to kindergarten late. So we had huge gaps of learning um, also, which can be a good thing too, because you have your leaders and your followers and, you know, that's life. So I think that, but when, but when then, when you think of technology, you know, those kids who didn't go to preschool that, oh boy, like it was like, you know, that, and that's what I'm seeing right now in the hallway. It's like these little babies. It's how did I ever get these kids that I'm looking at this, you know, group of kids, not necessarily those kids, but you know, that age, that maturity level, how were they ever able to self-pace and self-reflect and even open a computer and know what to do? You know, it's just like, it's crazy, but they do it because I think that they're little sponges. And if you give them the opportunity, they're going to just soak it up. Yeah. And the more that I read about young learners, the more it's been repeated over and over again that they they just eat up everything that you give them. Right. And so we as adults should never just be like, oh, they're too young to get it. It's actually the prime time for them to get something. Um so then, Olivia, follow-up question. Um, you said you had 24 students. I don't remember seeing another teacher with you. Is that correct? No, I was all by myself. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, we have, you know, we have, we do have intervention time, um, but the kids are mainly pulled out. Um, so, yeah, I don't have an aide or anything. So it's just me. And because of COVID, you know, I'm all for parent volunteers. I love having parents in the classroom, but they kind of put a halt to that. I think it'll come back this year, but you know, it was kind of, they didn't really want extra bodies just because then it was more tracing and, you know, just like document, just in case. So it was just easier to just not, you know, it was just me and my 24 kiddos. That's incredible. That is really, really cool. And then I know that you had also said like, you can tell the difference between students who went to preschool and students who did not go to preschool, right? Yes. Okay. I don't know anything about preschool, um, but I can imagine like the socialization is definitely something that they're working on in preschool, right? Well, and just looking like a student, you know, some of your kiddos who go to preschool, they know, they know a little bit, you know, the ones who don't go, they're the ones that won't, you know, you say, okay, it's time time to come to the carpet and they're off like playing in the water and like their hair is all wet and their shoes are off. And you're like, hello, (laughs) like, this is not home. Like, what are we doing? (laughs) You know, there's a, 
it really is, you know, you can really relate it to the meme of herding cats and kindergarten cop all in one. Like it's real life. And I feel like every teacher should have to experience teaching kindergarten for a little bit like that. Like it's amazing, but it is, it's, it's a lot of energy. Uh, they're, they're, I can play with them all day long. Teaching them is different. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Um, okay. So we've talked about how, you know, you teach kindergarten 12, 13 years now, 13 years of kindergarten, five-year-old babies. So what was the very first thing that you implemented when you were trying out the modern classroom model? Well, the first thing, let's just talk modern classroom, not even computers and all that, that, that entails. But so I was like, okay, I have to make this fun, right? Like everything in kindergarten, I believe these kids need to learn even though they don't think they're learning, like learning through play is amazing. You know, however I can make this fun. So I created a game board and that's what we call it, our game board. And I actually use that as my learning plan for every day was looked like a game board. So they had no clue that they were actually going to be doing this on their own. It was just what they would see when we would do our phonemic awareness exercises or our reading block or our daily five or our, you know, daily three math. I would have it set up where, you know, if the, whatever the math lesson was for the day, you know, I would already have the worksheet scanned in. So I'd click on it and be like, okay, boys and girls, this, you know, it was kind of like my, my daily lesson plans really. So they were visually seeing it. They were visually seeing me click on it. They were vision. And, and as the days went on in the fall and, you know, I would, you know, kind of talk about like boys and girls, see these X's, you know, you know, this is an X and, you know, you have your, all your tabs, you know, if you have multiple tabs open, we call those little X's and we call the big red X, the big X, you know? So, and I would start using that verbiage with them as early as, you know, the first couple days of school, just to get the words into their mind, because the more they hear it, then when we did start on the computer, they're going to kind of be like, oh yeah, I've heard this before, you know? And so that's kind of how um, I started it initially, not even talking about what they were actually going to do, you know, and then we would go back to the board and we would do some self-reflection. You know, we do um, a lot with SEL, social emotional learning, and we have character traits of the week. So, you know, one of our character traits is observation. And we would always talk about like, let's self-reflect daily five. What do we do good? What do we do bad? You know, those kind of conversations in hopes that when they're ready to self-pace and self-reflect themselves, that they kind of know how to do it. So I feel like kind of setting the stage the whole year, even though they're not even touching the computer yet in the fall, you know, so that's kind of how I started last year. Now, two years ago, when I first went through the modern classroom, it looked a lot different because I didn't even go through the course until January. So, and some of my kiddos were at home the whole time learning. So that looked completely different. So yeah, that's kind of how I started getting their feet wet and where I really started with modern classroom was just getting them to visually see what it even looked like on the big screen. And I mean, what I'm hearing is that there's a lot of modeling on how, on how to do it. Right. So it's, and I know that sometimes their implementers just kind of question, you know, the students don't know how to do this. And it's like, well, you kind of have to hold the student's hands first. Um, and you really, and it doesn't matter how old they are. Like you have to do it with them. You have to practice it over and over and over, because again, this is such a new teaching and learning experience that, all learners, regardless of age, they're going to need some kind of support, right? And so the gradual release, you were just so much more intentional, right? Like in the beginning, you're already using those words and like showing them how to, you know, close the little tabs, the little X and the big X. And so I think that that's really important for our listeners to hear as well is that you're going to have to handhold in the beginning. um, And maybe it may take days, it may take weeks, it may take months, uh, depending on your learners. But I think it's really important that we set that stage so that our students feel successful and not as if they failed something because they don't know how this thing works, right? Um, And I also really like the whole time you were talking, you know, talking about the game board and how your students didn't know they were going to do it by themselves. I was like, that's really like, it's a sneak attack. (laughs) Right. And you already know that, you know, your learners loved learning through play. So let's create a game board. This is actually everything that I'm planning for you all, but we're going to call it a game board. And so you're really uh, accommodating to your students' needs and desires. And I I really, really appreciate that. And so the gradual release, the teacher model, you know, the game board, um, 
even like the social emotional learning stuff that you have with the character trait of the week and just having those conversations about what self-reflection could look like. Because I know sometimes, you know, uh, our, our learners kind of struggle with reflecting. And as teachers, we kind of expect them to know how to do it already, especially when they get to middle school or high school. But it's also just still a nice reminder to just kind of go over it together just so that we all know how it's supposed to look and how, you know, how it's supposed to go and all of that. So I really, really like that. Thank you for sharing. And I'm still at all, like we saw each other months ago and I'm still at all with how your kindergarten class functioned. Like they were all just self-directed learners. You were literally chatting it up with us for about 20 minutes while all 24 of your students were in different spots, different places. I talked to at least three of them and they could tell me exactly what they were doing, where they needed to get the information, what to do. And it was just so cool. It was like the coolest thing in the world because I was like you, Olivia. I was like, you know, I don't teach kindergarten. How can this work with kindergarten teachers and kindergartners? So so with that, like, how did you support young learners like that and being self-directed learners? Yeah, that's, that's the question. So it's a lot, you know, we, but it's baby, you know, I have to break it down. So, okay, let's start with Edpuzzle. So I love Edpuzzle and I want to make that a part of, you know, one of their mastery checks for sure. So what I would start doing is putting that right in my learning plan. Um, so, you know, okay, it's Tuesday, boys and girls. Here's our, you know, you know, we go through our typical lessons. We would do our number talk for math. You know, we would do our daily three math. And then at the end, like, oh, boys and girls, we have a couple, you know, we have a couple minutes. Everybody grab a whiteboard. And I would pull up the Ed Puzzle lesson and we'd go right through. And then I'm like, oh, the video paused. Like, oh, it's, it's asking us a question. Let's go ahead and answer this and see what happens. And I would kind of make it a game. Like, you know, I would kind of act clueless and be like, what do you think we should do? What would make sense? You know, in Edpuzzle, I had to ha- would have to upload images because they're not readers, right? So I always had to ask questions that were either a thumbs up or thumbs down or, you know, a yes, no, um, or if it were rhyming words. Um, I think when you guys came in, it was rhyming words. You know, it would be like, what rhymes with cat? And there would just be, a, you know, I would verbally say that in the in the video and then the pictures would pop up. And obviously they have to click the right video or the right picture that rhymes with cat. And um, so kind of getting their attention by acting silly and pretending like I have no clue what's popping up on my screen right now. And they'd be like, click, you know, click this button. I'm like, let's try it because that's how we're going to learn. And, you know, I'd be like, what do you think is going to happen if we click the X and then it's going to go away? I'm like, oh my gosh, it went away. I can't go to recess now because I didn't get my work done. And they're like, well, if you just go back to the learning plan, you know, and then it was like, wait a minute though, it's Tuesday. How do I know how to get back to the learning plan? So the kids and I created how to identify because, you know, we have our non-readers, a lot of non-readers in kindergarten. So, you know, every day's learning plan game board looks this, you know, every learning plan for the day looks the same, whether it's Monday or Friday, because I want that to look the same, just the items in the learning plan changes. So, you know, our phonemic awareness box never changes, just what's inside it changes. Same with our daily, you know, daily five, daily three math never changes, just what's inside it changes, you know, consistency. So on Monday's learning plan, we put a monkey for Monday. On Tuesdays, we put a tiger. On Wednesdays, we put a whale. And so the kids knew, like, and so we'd go through those sounds, like, you know, and the kids, that really helped the kids, you know, learn their their sounds too, believe it or not, you know, and then we got to Thursday and we were all stumped and it was kind of like, and I was like, boys and girls, I was like, I am your teacher and I can't even think of a good, strong animal that begins with the TH sound and we already used tiger. And so one of the kids said, "Uh, I am so tired today though. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, they don't even know what dog tired is, but I'm teaching them. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, you know what? I was like, there's a saying, it's called dog tired. And that means you're so tired. I was like, we are going to put dog tired on Thursday. And so Thursday ended up being a dog. And the kids knew we're dog tired by Thursday because it's almost Friday. It's almost the end of the week. And not only did that, like they knew that dog didn't actually start with T, but that it was the end of the week and we were so tired. We almost made it to Friday. And then Friday was a frog. So. So that's how we were able to identify our learning plan days of the week was by the animals. And so my focus wall for that day, you know, the kids and I together, I would never hang up anything on the focus wall until our morning meeting. We would build it together. 
And whoever the helper of the day was like, okay, what's the day of the week? What animal goes with that? Let's hang it on the focus wall. And they would hang up, you know, and now this is not happening until like February really, because we have all the other things we'll talk, which I'll get to all that. But, um, so let's go back to Ed puzzles. So, you know, I'm pretending like I've never seen this video and these questions and this is so weird. What's happening kids? Like, can you help me through this? And so we would do it and then we'd look and we'd look at my score and be like, oh my gosh, I got them all right. You guys are awesome. Like, you know, and then the next day they might get, you know, whiteboards or paper and pencil. What are, They get to pick what they want to write with to help me figure out the Ed puzzle. So we do another Ed puzzle um, and, you know, we'd work through it. And then by day four and five, I would leave it on their learning plan because they had access to the Google Classroom. Now, if they were sick or, you know, I kind of used it as an incentive too. Our phonemic awareness, we use um, Michael Haggerty. So it's just quick, a little like 10 minute, um, just like drills. And if you don't do the phonemic awareness, it's on the Google Classroom and you have to do it before you get, you know, playtime, which is, you know, choice time. Really, it's playtime in the kitchen and, you know, the puppets and all that. And so that they had access to that all the time. I would always just upload my lessons for the week right into Google Classroom. You know, and if you're not paying attention and being intentional with your phonemic awareness, you're going to do it for 10 minutes before playtime and that's going to cut into your playtime. So they knew how to get to Google Classroom eventually. <laughs> but so by Friday of multiple days of doing the Ed Puzzle, they would get to practice it on their own before they got free Friday during daily three math. So during daily three math, I do math with the teacher, math games, and then math on technology. Well, Friday, if you have all your lessons done for the week, then you get free Friday math. Well, so then I started doing an Ed puzzle and that was like your ticket to fun Friday on the computers, but it was just easy. It was like, um, you know, click on Mrs. Hotchkin and I would upload a picture of me and Mr. Arbuckle. You know, and so every kid had, had, if they could go through the process of getting into the Google Classroom, going to the frog, you know, making it so the image was big, um, you know, like turning it into presentation mode. And we practiced that all the time. Like, boys and girls, I'm having a hard time seeing today. How do we make this whole slide, you know, in Google Slides? How do we make this big? Let's play around with it. And I'd click the X. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, it went away. You know, I have to click the beach ball. I have to go back into Google Classroom. So I'm doing that multiple times. You know, and not to the point where I do it every day, all day, but enough where they're hearing it. And so we would go back in, we'd go to the beach ball, we'd go to Google Classroom, go to the frog, you know, and, and eventually it's like they thought it was fun and they all had success. You know, all, you know, their first one, all they have to do is finally really get into the ad puzzle and find the image of me and that, and they're done, you know, and it's like a 30 second quick video and, and then they get their fun Friday. You know, and they're like, that's easy. And then I just look to make sure they all turned it in. And any kid who wasn't able to do it, I would just pull them aside real quick. Be like, hey, you know, what happened? Like, can you show me how you, I'm like, oh, you forgot to click. You did it. You just didn't click your final submit button, you know? And so um, setting them all up for success and knowing that they're going to be successful is huge too, because then they want, you know, luckily once the kids do learn how to use the computer, they all want to be on them. It's not boring to them yet. <laughs> and I don't know if it ever becomes boring. Um, but luckily, when they do learn, they do love it. So that's kind of, um, you know, that's just one example of how I really break it down. Because I'm not about to, I'm not going to ask him rhyming, to answer rhyming questions on a puzzle video when, when I have to log every kid in and they can't do it independently. And I don't move on and I will not implement the puzzle until they can 100% do it, you know, everybody is able to do it. And they really were, you know, I had a couple kiddos who struggled getting into their computer with the passwords, but I had some, I had computer captains and they knew who they were, they were logging in themselves and they were logging in a friend. Yes. So I have so much more, but <laughs> no, these are great. The whole time you were talking, I just had the biggest smile because all of this makes sense. So I didn't even realize that your emojis per day went with the sounds of the, the day, right? Like monkeys on Mondays and tigers on Tuesdays. Like how cool is that? And so, well, they definitely can't read the word Monday. So <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can visually see it too. You know, if I'm, if I'm teaching a reading group and the kid's like, Mrs. Hodgkin, the video's not there. I'm like, show me your screen. And I'm like, hello, it's Monday and you're on the frog. I wish it was Friday, but you need to be on the monkey. So close your, and that will happen a lot of times too, because what they will do is they will not, they won't. I'm like, okay, everybody stop. He's on the frog. He should be on the monkey. It's actually not Friday. It's Monday. Why is he on the frog? 
and I'll be like, okay, who gets, you know, a B buck for who can tell me why he opened his computer and it's on the frog. And their answer, you know, there'll be a kid that will think of it right away and say, he's on the frog because he didn't shut his computer down the right way on Friday and it's Monday. Mm. So if you don't shut your computer down, when you open it up, you're going to have last, last week's lesson and you're going to see the frog. Oh, and these, and these are all great, like life lessons. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm like, okay, and you get a B-buck now. So, you know, think about that question because it's going to happen again. And I'm going to ask you a question. And the next time you might get an M&M. So it's like getting them to remember, like, okay, these are easy. And I won't, if I'm teaching a reading group or something, I'm not always going to stop and make that a learning moment. But a lot of times, because you know what, if he's opening his computer and it's a frog, there's going to be another one. Yeah. You know, so, and they do that all the time because they want to transition. You know, if it's time to clean up, they, that's what they do. They slam their computer which I don't even believe how the screens don't, because they do, they don't do anything with clicking X's. They just slam their computer, rip their headphones out, and they're transitioning. And it's like, oh my gosh, did anybody actually shut the computer down? You know? (laughs) That's middle schoolers too, though, Olivia. Right. Like, I'm going to, everybody gets an M&M if you shut your computer down the right way. Um, I, I like the, um, the strategy of acting clueless. Cause I think sometimes when I was also an instructional coach, I had to act clueless, right. When I was working with teachers of like, Oh, but then what do I do when this happens? It's kind of like a guide, right? Like a support, um, to get our students kind of thinking about whatever they need to think about. Right. And so I really like that of just being like, how do we do this? And how do we do that? And oh no, I did this. And oh no, I did that. And so definitely that works for young learners. I probably won't do that um, with uh, middle schoolers in a way. I would just be like, Hey, here's a mistake. Figure out why, why, why there's a mistake. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, And so tailoring it to the age group of your students is really important as well. I, I really like that you named that consistency is key because that is correct. And this is kind of like, you know, if one, you want to create routines, consistency is definitely needed for routines to happen. Right. And so I'm also impressed at the fact that your kindergartners are using Google Classroom because I typically see Seesaw with elementary. Um, And so knowing that they're using Google Classroom, that's really incredible. But then, like you said, it just takes a lot of practice, right? And I love that how you rolled it out with like Monday through Thursday, you all are going to do it kind of together. And then on Friday, you get to like practice on your own. And so there's that initiative and there's that like intrinsic and extrinsic motivation as well for students to really know how to do these these skills. And I mean, this is just really cool. Like, I love that you called, um, uh, you called it a beach ball for the Google Chrome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so fascinating to me. And so simple, right? And then you have computer captains as well. This is this is just great. And so, okay, so we talked about Edpuzzle. Um, we talked about how students have devices. You have your computer captains. I think the biggest question is like, how did you get students to log in? Like you said, passwords were a thing. Like that was kind of challenging. How did you, how did you, manage that? Because I know when I was walking around, you had um, paper taped on their devices. Yeah. And so, yeah, we want to hear more. Well, this is this is a hot subject for me because I, I was not happy. So two years ago, well, forever, the passwords have been the same for the kids. And um, yeah, it changed as, you know, the years went on, but their password, like when my son was in kindergarten, it was kitten... 31 or whatever. And then my daughter got into kindergarten and it was cat dog 33, but every password was the same for the kids. So pretty easy, right? Like, you know, they could write cat dog on the, you know, you, you get four kids to learn the passwords and you got your whole classroom logged in within a minute, you know, four computer captains. So we, you know, our tech department is kind of like through the ISD. So it's an intermediate school district. So they come out and they say, well, sorry, due to security reasons, everybody has to have their own password. And I'm like, that's fine. You know, hopefully it's like their last name or, you know, first couple of their first, first, you know, couple of the last, whatever. We'll get through it. So they send us the passwords. And I'm not kidding you. They were letters. There were numbers. There were uppercase letters, lowercase letters, a mod podge of, I didn't know if the zeros were O's. I didn't know if the nines, or, I mean, it was, I couldn't even figure out the passwords. I'm like, all right, is, are they O's or zeros? Like, let's get this straight. Like what is going on? I was, I was so mad because I love technology and now there is a huge wall up and I, here I am now my first full school year where I'm going to be able to implement uh, modern classroom. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to set a goal. 
you know, I'm very driven. So I'm like, my goal is by November, these kids are going to be rocking modern classroom in my classroom. And we get these passwords. And I don't even touch the, I don't believe in kids learning on the computer a hundred percent. Like I believe in hands-on learning through and through. And I think you saw that when you came in my classroom and, and we start school in August and we don't even touch the computers in kindergarten until October. If sometimes not even until after Halloween, like that's just, I mean, it's all about routine modeling. We're not ready. There's no way. Oh my gosh. I would go home with gray hair and I'm not that old. So like, you know, I, I fully believe hands-on learning, learning through play. Like there is no reason for, I don't even need that cart until October. Like don't even bring it because it's going to be just in my way and collecting dust. Um, But when they're ready, you know, when they've proven that they're ready for more, I want to provide those for them. So I just want to make sure that that is clear for all the listeners. But so I called, I think I called the principal and I'm like, have you seen the passwords? He's like, no. And I'm like, why don't you come down here and take a look? And he's like, oh my goodness. Now, if you haven't actually taught kindergarten, you might just look at it and be like, wow, that's a long password. But you have kids who they definitely don't know. I'm not so sure that first graders understand the difference between a number, an uppercase and lowercase letter. You know, no way do 100% of my first graders understand an uppercase and lowercase letter. And no way do they have a clue how to make a lowercase letter on the computer upper or vice versa. So I'm like, okay, this is a headache already. So now I'm stressed because I have a huge halt on my process of my goal, right? November is my goal. I'm like, well, there goes that out the window already. It's the first day of teaching. This is great. And so I call my superintendent. I'm like, listen, this is not going to work. And I don't know if it was her or my principal, but they're like, we'll see what we can do. So they contact the ISD and they're like, listen, insurance purposes, we cannot change these passwords. And I'm like, whatever, I was going to table it. I didn't stress. I'm like, I got many other battles. So, you know, I got to teach these kids how to look like students before we do anything. So I got my hands full. You know, I think kindergarten, it's really like childbirth. If you've ever had a child, you know, it's you enter that first day of school and you're like, what do I, is this real life? Like, is this actually what I do? Because like, I don't even know these kids' full names, let alone, and I, I hopefully everybody got home okay. Like, and I hope, I mean, if there's parents listening, I love my kindergartners dearly like my own, but that is the first day thought, like, did they get home and like, were they crying hysteria? Like (laughs) you just worry and they're just such babies. And I'm like, okay, we have many fish to fry before we worry about these passwords. So October comes around and I'm like, all right, we can do this. You know, we made some gains. I'm, you know, I'm seeing some progress with my students. We're looking like students. We got daily five down. You know, they're starting to be independent. We, you know, we've read to self for four whole minutes and didn't interrupt me. Um, And so we're, you know, in kindergarten, that's killing it in October. And so I'm like, we're going to try this. So they had the, the passwords on the, you know, on their computer. We get the passwords out. And I got kids touching the screen like like an iPad. And I'm like, okay, first of all, that does not happen. Like, back up here, kid. Like, clearly you all have iPads at home because touching the screen is not going to do anything. And so I'm like, all right, this shift button. So now they're holding the shift button the whole time. They're holding the shift button, holding the letter down. And now they don't know, you know, they're like, so they got 17 Ps and all they, all they need is one. <laughs> Because they're supposed to hold shift, but they're only supposed to hit the letter P one time and not hold it. So that's confusing. It's like patting your head and rubbing your belly. Like, they're so confused. And so I'm like, whatever. Put them in the cart. Put them in the hall. I don't want to see them. I'm like, okay, forget that. So I email the ISD, and I'm like, do you have any ideas? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm on my own. I'm definitely on my own on this one. So I I let it sit for a minute. And then I was like, you know what? What if I make the uppercase letter red and the lowercase letter black? I'm like, let's try that. So I'm typing them and I'm at home because we don't have a color printer at school. And so I'm trying to print them. Well, now my printer's out of ink and it's Sunday. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, it's not meant to be. I'm not doing modern classroom this year. I'm like, that's it. They can't even get these kids on the computer. Like, <laughs> so I'm so stressed out. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to email the superintendent secretary. She's awesome. I'm like, she will print these for me in color. I know she will. So I, I send it to her and I'm like, can you please print these for me in color? She prints them for me in color gets them to me Monday morning. I tape them on all the kids' computers. And honestly, that was, I don't even know where I got the idea from, but it just came and it, and that helped them so much. Cause I was like, all right, if the letter's red, I didn't even talk about uppercase, lowercase. I'm like, we're not even going there. If the letter's red, you need to click shift and then click that key as fast as you can. And like, I, they would do it. And I'm like, quick, because if not, it'll come out and bite you. And so I was like <laughs> telling them if they hold the letter too long, the letter was going to come out and bite them. 
And I'm like, don't let the, don't let that red letter bite you. And so they'd have to click the shift and hit it. As, and, and they started getting it. And within a week, most of, I'm going to say 60% of my kids were able to log in within a week and they had to try it three times where they would try it. We'd get it out. You got five minutes. All right. I want you to go practice your password three times and then just put it away. I don't even care if you get in, just practice three times and put it away and don't even tell me what you did. You know, it was kind of just like a, just, just look at the keys, figure out what letter and see if you can find it. All you got to do is match it. And, and that's what I would have them do. They would do that. And then some kids, and then the joy of when they logged in, it was like Christmas morning, they would jump up and we'd all start hooting and hollering. Like I'm like, I love teams and cheering and I'm not a cheerleader, but like, I love like the camaraderie of them having success and we'd all celebrate and we'd give hip hip hoorays and everything. Like logging in was a huge deal. So once we got them logged in, which that sound, I hope that sounded like the longest story ever, because that's how it felt. It's, it's a lot. Like I was, I was like, well, I wanted to be like, Hey, ISD, look at this. <laughs> like I got my kindergartners to log in and it's, you know, it's January, but we did it. No, it was probably, it did set me back. It was probably November before they really started to log in. And, you know, it's frustrating too, because their friend is logged in, but their friend can't log their other friend in because their password's totally different. You know, the friend who got logged in had been practicing these same letters every day for three weeks, you know, and it might be five minutes before recess. Okay. We have five minutes for recess. If you're a boy, grab your computer, girls, find a boy and try to help them. You know, we would do, we would always do team things like buddy. And that was, you know, leading into, you know, the modern classroom process of the game board. So when you look at my learning plan, so say you were a student in my classroom, you would go to, and it's Monday, you would go to Monday's learning plan and you would see our phonemic awareness. You would see brain breaks. You would see math. You would see, you know, extra daily practice for that day. And then the game board would actually be its own little tile. So once you clicked on the game board, that would actually, that's what would take you. So depending on if it was in our daily five, I wanted them to do it or in our math. Now I would never have two going at one time. So if we had a daily five game board for modern classroom going, they would not be a math one because that was too much for me to manage as far as like making, because self-pacing, but for me to also check on the mastery checks and make sure that they actually know what it means to self-pace. And so I had to do a lot of extra checking that I think the upper grades probably don't have to do because I want the kids to make sure they understand what it actually means. You know, yes, you are filling out your pacing guide on your own, but are you filling out correctly? And is what I'm seeing on the computer actually matching up to what you're filling out? So I would never have them both going at the same time. So I started with ELA, believe it or not, which I think was probably a little bit harder, but it was easier for me to manage um, being, and I only had 12 kids at a time actually go through the game board. So, and, and they knew what 12 kids were going to, because they would look at their daily five jobs for the day. And if game board wasn't on it, then they wouldn't go to it. So would they click the, they click on the game board, which they already know how to do because now it's December, January, and they've seen this learning plan for a long time. So now I'm going to say, boys and girls today, your daily, you know, on our learning plan, you, you go to the monkey and on daily five, you're going to see our game board and they know to make it big because none of the buttons work if you don't make it big. They do, but it's just, it just shows you the URL and then you have to click it. So it is one extra step if you don't make, and we call it make it big, which is clicking into slideshow um, mode. So in the game board, there's how to videos. Everything starts out with a, you know, obviously the learning target is the first video and a brain break. I always start them right off on, you know, they're going to, go to their computer. And the first thing they're going to do is a brain break. And then they're going to hear the learning target, you know, whatever the goal of that game board is. And then I have a whole entire game board station. So the first job, so say it's a rhyming game board, their first job is to play a matching memory game. So that num that game piece is going to be number one and there might be a star next to it. Now the stars always represented through the whole entire game board through my whole learning plan. If there was ever a star that was, consistent of how many you had to do. So if it was a star, that was the amount, whether it was core five, whether it was the memory game, whether it was um, subitizing. So, you know, that might say 20, you have to, your score has to get 20, you know, whether it was, you know, I do the, the IXL math, that's only, that's, I use the free version. So you, you always have to get nine for that because once you get 10, it locks you out. Um, so anytime they saw a star, they knew the stars meant the quantity of whatever the activity was. So number one would be, there'd be a star next to it. And there'd also be a little um, bitmoji with a friend. They knew they needed a buddy. Whenever they saw that bitmoji with a friend, 
that game piece they got to play with a friend. So that so it's labeled number one. Over in the game board station, there'd be a basket with a one on it with all the supplies they need. So when they click on that one, which is a smile, they're going to hear whatever whatever it is their job is they have to do. So I created that video, but I also can use that video in math. A lot of the videos I learned to create that I could use, you know, in ELA or in math and that I could use, I could use them multiple times over because I did, because it is a lot. It's a lot of like, okay, how can I get more out of what I'm doing? You know, more bang for my buck. So they'd click on the smile. They'd see, oh, I need a friend and I'm going to play it twice because I see a star and there's two. They play that game. And, you know, to me, the buddy that they choose, you know, I never had an issue. Now, I've already introduced rhyming. So it's January. Like we've been talking about rhyming in our phonemic awareness exercises all year. So most of my kids at this point have already mastered rhyming. I would never put a game board in with a skill or a standard that I haven't actually either introduced or taught fully Um, because I want them to be successful. You know, I, I want them, especially in the beginning, you know, the, the rhyming game board was the first one we started with and rhyming is very important in kindergarten. It's tied right to reading. So that was definitely important. So now they have their self-pacing sheets. So the way they self-pace is they get a sheet that looks, a piece of paper that looks exactly like the game board. So when they complete number one, they color that smile in and they keep their game board. And then on our focus wall, I would have next to the monkey or the frog, whatever day of the week it is, there would be a star because stars are numbers, right? There'd be a star and it might only say three. So they know they have to get to game board number three, but they can go further. But if you're doing game board that day, you have to get to three. Um, and so that's kind of how, you know, anything and even math, our numbers and stuff, anything we did with numbers, I always tried to make as much as I could with stars because it helped them make that connection. And then the baskets were huge. All the baskets were always labeled and I always made a how-to video. Um, you know, so the next video would be, you know, number two. So number two activity might be a rhyming book that they're going to read. You know, maybe it's a um, Hubbard's Cupboard is great to get free little um, decodable books, you know, so it might be a book they have to read and they have to highlight with highlighter the rhyming words. So in the video, so they're going to click, you know, number two, and there might be a star next to it with the number two, because I want them to read it twice. And then they have to, you know, now two years ago, this would be a seesaw activity where they actually read it to me and send it back to me and they would do it at home. Um, but I didn't do Seesaw last year because we were all face-to-face. I had no online learners. Now, if they were home for longer than a week, our district did not make us, but I did send the computer home with the child if if I knew they were able to do it independently at home because, honestly, most of these kids can do more than their parents on the computer. So I kind of just let them go with that. Um, so the number two game piece you know, might be the book. And, again, they're going to click on the number two smile And it's going to be like, okay, boys and girls, you're going to read this book today. Here's the title. You know, you're going to highlight these words or, you know, whatever, whatever their job is for that game piece, they're going to do it. And, you know, and that would be something that they would turn in and then, and then mastery checks. They, I always make them stop at a mastery check because only half the kids are doing it. And that allows me after the kids go to recess, you know, I send them on their way. Then I only have 12 mastery checks to check. And that was much much more manageable for me too. It was a lot when I knew that I had um, so many to check and like, and then to get back with them. And then I could get back with those kids the next day when the, uh, you know, then they weren't moving on because they can't move on until, you know, they pass their mastery check. So I'm able to meet with the kids, the 12 kids that aren't doing it, that did it yesterday, you know, and help them navigate or figure out whether it's a computer problem, whether it's, you know, checking for understanding, whether they did not pass their mastery check, whether they needed help. Um, And every game piece would last about two weeks. So I'd have about nine to 12 game pieces and they were all different. Most of them were off the computer, you know, they would go to the computer for the directions, but it was pretty hands-on for the most part. Um, There was definitely some games in there. And then after the first week, you know, most of, you know, probably 40 to 50% of my kids were able to complete the game piece in a, in a week or so. Um, and what I would do is I wouldn't switch out the mastery checks, but if I want, if I had, if the group, if most of the class had not completed it, I would extend it. But what I would do is I would maybe switch out the rhyming, 
the matching game with different rhyming pictures. I'd switch out the book with a different book. So my kids who already went through the whole thing, they can do it again. They just know because we had that conversation, they're just not going to do the mastery checks. They're just going to go through all the other game pieces for fun because I didn't want to switch out the mastery checks for the kids who were um, not done with it, you know, and they maybe needed a little more time or they maybe needed, you know, and that was, that was kind of my doing, you know, because you're going to have your kids who could literally fly through the whole game board in a day because they're so smart and they're just, they, they're very good at the computer. And but then you're going to have kids who just really struggle and only get three a day done. Well, I want them to still feel they're capable of doing it. They're just, you know, not working as fast as the rest. Um, so, and I don't think that that held my other, my high kids back at all because what they were able to do was still amazing, you know? And, um, but because they had already completed the mastery check, they would just skip that part and they knew, you know, and what's great about kindergarten is because, so the self-pacing, they were, they had a sheet once they finished number two, once they finished that book, they're going to color their smile. They're going to put it in their bin. Now I also had a self-pacing chart in my classroom. I don't know if you remember it or not, but it was kind of tucked away in the corner and it had nine smiles and they had to move their name once they completed. So they not only had to keep track of their, their self-pacing on paper, they also had to keep track on the chart so I could visually see it. That way I didn't have to go around to every single kid's bin. Now I can see who's completing the Ed puzzles and the mastery checks that way, like right on my computer. That's easy, right? Um, but I wanted to make sure they understood where they were at. And so they would update every day at the end of daily five or the end of daily three math, they would update the self-pacing tracker in the classroom. And I never had a kid say, oh, so-and-so is only at one and I'm at eight. You know, they they didn't do that, which that's awesome because kids can be brats and, um, Sometimes when you visually put that out there, you know, there's always, I always, get, I'm always afraid of kids like making fun of other kids for something like that because we all learn at different paces and that's okay. Uh, but I, I liked having that too, because it really like, like, wow, they're getting this. Like, look how many kids actually got to three today, you know, and they didn't have to go around to every bin because, well, I mean, we have a lot to do, right? I'm, I'm tying shoes. Somebody peed their pants. Somebody's crying. Somebody wants mom. Somebody doesn't have a lunch. <laughs> you know, it's all those other things to tackle in kindergarten. No, these are, I mean, I'm just sitting here in awe because you've literally thought of everything that could potentially happen plus more so that your students are successful, right? And it's nice to know that like, hey, the mastery checks are there, but there's also an understanding that if the whole class is not ready, there's going to be extra practice for you to continue working on the skills that we're learning. And so I really appreciate that. I also just like the fact that, you know, for students who are not working as fast, like, because again, me, it takes me a while to process things. So I'll definitely not be the one who's always ahead of pace and that's okay. But I think you've created that atmosphere for students to, to just kind of embrace where they are as far as their pacing is concerned. And I think honestly, that has everything to do with that public pacing tracker that you have. And the reason why students aren't going back and forth with each other or making fun of others because that culture, the classroom culture is so positive. And so I, I want to commend you for that. That's great. Um, and you just like had so many just different strategies that our listeners and our implementers could definitely grab and implement like tomorrow, right? And so what I'm hearing is that there's a lot of visual um, aids for students and you kind of just had to figure it out on your own on how to do this and you just continue trying and trying and trying. And so thank you for sharing your journey. And it seems like we probably should have a part two, Olivia, because... (laughs) Well, okay, so there is one thing I forgot, actually. So two things, two things, actually. So before January gets here and we implement it, because so my goal was November, right? And I'm going to blame it on not me because it wasn't my fault. Those passwords, like I lost sleep over it. Like, I'm not so sure if my superintendent even knows, but if she's listening, like I seriously lost sleep over these stupid passwords and man, it was like, but we did it. And I'm so proud of the kids and myself for, you know, persevering and, you know, you know, we, we talk about the power of yet. And I'm like, you know what, we can't, we don't know our passwords, but we don't know them yet. And we're going to, we're going to get this. And I'm like, I guarantee, because the kids were getting upset, you know, especially kids who have short fuses, you know? And so one thing I also did was I had a cat, you know, I'm all about team. So we have, you know, we're champions, you know, what does it look like? You know, how, 
what does a champion look like? And so, you know, our teams, we have captains. So we have, we'd have computer captains and we'd have checkers. Now everybody gets to be a captain eventually, because if you're a captain, that means you're in charge of your computer and the checkers behind you, making sure you're doing everything right. So that's one of the ways that, and you know, I'd say, okay, boys and girls, find a checker, find a captain. You're going to go to your computer and you're going to go to daily five on Friday and you're going to pull up the game board. And when you're done, I want you to give your partner a high five and come back to the carpet. And the first three teams done gets an M&M, you know? And so they'd go and they'd be like, you know, they'd be helping each other. Like, okay. And you hear them like, Hey, I'm the captain. I'm supposed to be doing it. And the other kids trying to log them in because they want to win the M&M, you know, it's so cool. And it's complete chaos at that time. Cause they're running and they're dropping computers and headphones are flying. And I'm like, no, you don't even need your headphones. Like just get on. Like, you know, it's, it's complete crazy, but they thrive off that stuff. And, you know, then we'd come back and regroup and be like, okay, let's self-evaluate what went well. Should we, should we run with our computer? You know, like, let's talk about what just happened because that was kind of crazy. Um, and then another thing that I use is Class Dojo. And um, like, I'd be walking around like, okay, I want everybody to click the big red X. And I'd walk around and everybody that clicked the big, big red X gets a point. And if they're not clicking it, then they don't know where it is because they're going to, that's easy. You know, and so that's a quick way for me to self-evaluate, like, okay, do they know the verbiage? Because if you can't click the big red X every time you open that computer, you're going to be at whatever learning plan you left off at, which is going to drive me crazy. You know, and that's the biggest thing. Like, you have to click the big red X and, and then and then start Google Classroom over. Otherwise, you're going to open your computer and you're going to visually see because every day looks the same. You know, um, so those things. And then I use Plicker, too, which I love Plicker. Plicker is just an assessment tool. You can use it for anything. I use it for kind of checking and understanding. Um, again, we start super easy. Like who is, you know, who's your teacher? Is it A, Mrs. Hotchkin, B, a pig, C, your mom, or D, you know, like Mr. Arbuckle. And, and all they have to do is hold, so it's a QR code. And then I use my phone to scan their answers. Everybody has their own QR code that they hold. And I actually tape them on the back of whiteboards. So during math, if we're doing number bonds or subitizing or anything, they can have a workspace and then they're answering right with their whiteboard. So we'll use Plicker for checking and understanding like too, like, okay, answer me honestly. And I won't show the answers like boys and girls, this is your time to ask questions. Do we understand how to get, if I asked you to go, go to the learning plan for the monkey, what that means. And, and they're pretty honest, you know, and I'd have kids Either that means they don't know how to use Plicker, they don't know how to answer the questions, or they really don't know how to get to the monkey. And that helps me too. And I will take that. And, you know, that's when I'll pull kids during playtime and be like, okay, like you said, you didn't know how to get to the monkey. Can you show me? Um, you know, I might not even point out that they said they don't know how to get to the monkey, but like, hey, just show me real quick how to get to the monkey because I forgot, you know, and, and Plicker is great. So, you know, there's so many different resources and things to you know, keeping it short, keeping it hands-on, model, 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 and keeping it fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like middle schoolers, my middle schoolers love Class Dojo. So definitely check that out if you're looking for kind of a point system. Um, and then, of course, like throughout this whole episode, Olivia, I was just thinking how you also became the tech teacher for kindergartners. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and that in itself is a whole skill set, right? Like, yeah, you're teaching them rhyming words. You're teaching them like numbers and letters. And also you're teaching them tech skills. And the tech skills can be really frustrating because they know how to click on stuff like on an iPad, but they don't actually know all the other features of um, a device. And so this is really cool that you were able to break it down for them. And like you said, model, 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 right? And this is just also just like, I just want to reiterate, like when I went in there to visit you, right, the students who were on their computers were the ones who were watching the videos, everyone else was basically hands on, but they were doing different things. Um, and it was just the coolest thing that I saw. And so I cannot wait to see what you come up with with first graders. Um, so I want to be respectful of your time. We have so many questions that we didn't get to, and that's okay. Uh, no, no. I know, I know. But how can our listeners connect with you, Olivia? So they can email me. I don't really post a ton like on my social media about teaching, to be honest, because I'm not that, you know, I'm very competitive and very like, but I'm not really one to post like all these amazing things that I think happens. I wish I could, you know, my, my private Facebook page that my parents see, like I do, you know, I wish that the parents could come in and see what their children are doing because it's amazing. But so really just emailing me is probably the best way. 
Okay, great. And we'll, um, and the school email is okay, right? Absolutely. Yep. Okay, great. So we'll put that in the show notes. Okay, cool. For everyone. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, thank you, Olivia. Listeners, remember, you can always email us at podcast at modernclassrooms.org. And you can find the show notes for this episode at podcast.modernclassrooms.org slash 106. We'll have this episode's recap and transcript uploaded to the Modern Classrooms blog on Friday. So be sure to check there or check back in the show notes for this episode if you'd like to access those. Thank you all for listening. Have a great week. And we'll all be back next Sunday. Olivia, I hope that you are able to rest some. Um, and that you continue doing things that bring you joy. Thank you so much for everything and sharing your expertise. We appreciate you. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening. You can find links to topics and tools we discussed in our show notes for this episode. And remember, you can learn more about our work at www.modernclassrooms.org And you can learn the essentials of our model through our free course at learn.modernclassrooms.org. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Modern Class Proj, that's P-R-O-J. We are so appreciative of all you do for students and schools. Have a great week, and we'll be back next Sunday with another episode of the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. Podcast.